Yeah, I'm a through long today. I want him to pull a one talk to for a Christian brother, sister, blow me. He come here along Papua New Guinea. I come stand up inside and I love to blow you me. Now you can hurt him to play, make him want him come to and talk and praise him, Jesus Christ. I'm welcoming Peter and Frieda into our church today where we can uplift the name of the Lord and be blessed by the message they give us. Uh, just a couple of comments. You may remember a couple of weeks ago I brought a newsletter from a gentleman, young gentleman by the name of Kawanda Kaman. Kawanda is Fr Peter and Frieda's oldest son. They have four sons. Frieda will talk to you about the family. Now Frieda, I've known these people for roughly seven years. Frieda became a mother to me. I mean that. Sometimes when you're away in a place like Papua New Guinea, you get very lonely. There's nobody that you can really communicate with. This couple, I could really communicate with because they serve the Lord. Makes a big difference, you know. Frida was a real mother to me for a period of about three years. Every time I went, I stayed in their home. And that was wonderful. Peter, I soon found out I was installing accounting systems in churches and I was led to the church Peter was working in. Peter is a fully qualified accountant, every bit as qualified as I am. For work in Papua New Guinea, he's better fitted because he's from the culture and he can handle it better than I can handle it. We talk about uh, tradesmen sometimes being real craftsmen, especially good tradesmen becomes a craftsman in his work. This man is a craftsman in accountancy, I can assure you. If I had a business in Australia today, there's my accountant. That's how good he is. Now, I want you to understand, when you see the uh, little video that is coming up, where the first scene is taken from is where their centre is. It's 7,000 feet above sea level with the mountains going up behind them to about 10,000 feet. It's out looking over a valley. The floor of the valley is the Wagi Valley. It's about 5,000 feet above sea level. The mountains you see on the opposite side, they are 15,000 feet high. Twice as high as Mount Kosciuszko. And sometimes they have snow on them. So, Peter and Frieda, beautiful, he now can talk very long, all long, one name's on him. Belong you to Bula. All right. All right? Yeah. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. We, we really enjoyed the fellowship with uh, Alan when we went, when he, when he has gone to uh, Papua New Guinea and works with us. Thank you. Um, our program this morning, uh, Frida will uh, share, she's not going to run away from <laughs> She will um, share something about our family, and then uh, later on I'll share about what uh,
robot is doing in... Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, after that, I'll uh, share what God is doing in Papua New Guinea with our rehab center. I think this is the, our rehab center is the only uh, Christian rehab center in Papua New Guinea. Yes. So um, I'll share something about what God is doing with our rehab center. And then uh, later I will share with you a word of God from the Bible. And then we'll sh show you a video about what we are doing out there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Firstly, I would like to thank um, Alan and Maichi for making the way possible for us to come here and to meet you, our family in Christ. Um, and um, I also thank you, Rick, to help Alan to go and drop us here in Tumba. <laughs> thank you. Um, we had um, four sons and one adopted daughter. Sorry, before I go any further, you will understand that my English is not good because English is not my language. <laughs> but I hope you will understand me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we had um, four sons and one adopted uh, daughter. The eldest son is um, a captain to a ship, and he left his job and went to Hawaii Bible, uh, Bible College right now, um, yeah, to become a missionary, and he's there right now. And the second born, is, uh, his name is Frederick, and he's a civil engineer, and he's working. Um, the third born is um, Stephen, and he's a mechanical engineer. He just graduated early this year and is looking for a job. And um, the fourth one, he just completed his 12th grade and um, he wants to become a doctor and he was applying for it and waiting for the re uh, result. Um, the um, youngest girl is um, his adopted daughter. He's doing grade seven. She's doing grade seven. Yeah. And thank you, and thank you all for supporting us in our work that we are doing back in Papua New Guinea. In prayer support and giving support, I thank you very much. The Lord may bless you, and I thank you that we can have this privilege to come and meet you here. Through Alan and Maiji, they made that way possible. I thank you, all of you, for prayer support and supporting the work that we are doing. Thank you. Okay, uh, as my wife said already, we are privileged to come to your church and to see you, your face and to see um, 
the fellowship here. And we really enjoyed the morning part. And um, we also thank you for inviting us to your uh, fellowship this morning and share with you what God is doing in our country. Okay, a little bit about our background. Um, we were called by God to serve in, in the missions. Previously, we have been working in private companies and so forth. But um, for the last 10 years, we were called by God to go and serve in, um, in the mission. So we were serving as local missionaries in one of our churches in Papua New Guinea for 10 years. And after 10 years, we went back to the village. We didn't look for jobs. Maybe God didn't want us to look for jobs. So we went home to the village. And in the village, you know, it's not like here in, in Australia. Up there is a bit remote. So um, we saw that people, we need to teach people hygiene and to help them to live a healthy life in the village. So we went into the community, we did the training, we talked to them, and we also did a survey. We collected data from about 2,000 people in our village. And when we analyzed the, um, the data, we realized that 60% of the population were handling drugs. And it was, it was, it was a su surprise to us. So then we said, oh, we have a problem right here with us. What are we going to do? I have no experience working with people. My wife, too. We, have no, we knew nothing about drugs. We didn't know what was happening, too. We've never seen drugs, too. We heard of it, but we've never seen drugs, too. And God put a burden in us to go and work with these people. What Alan said, I'm... I used to work with papers and money and all these things. And my wife doesn't know about drugs. So it was, we thought it was really difficult for us, and we prayed, Lord, what are you going to do to us? We have a problem right here. And now you're calling us to do and go and handle this big problem. But uh, God is good. He showed us how to handle these people, how to lead these people, how to help them. It was a, though it was a big problem, God was teaching us so many things through this process. Without any experience, without any funds, without any resources, we, we were able to help these people. And we have seen God's hand we have seen God's power working in the lives of people. You were mentioning um, children. Yes, children have, we have, we got to, we have to support this type of work because uh, children need our help. Children without parents, children with problems, we need to help them. But here we have adult children, huh? or some are married children people and who had this problem when they were children. They had this problem. They carried this problem all the way to their heart that would. And now they have this big problem in, with them. 
And we found it very, very hard, but through the power of the Lord, he helped us through. And I can proudly tell you that it was the power of God that led us through. Okay. And then we have seen lives being transformed. Life being transformed. And people's lives have been transformed. Their families have been transformed. And the community's lives have been transformed through these people. Okay, and then um, out of this, this um, in the process of putting the hope within the reach of these people, uh, we've gone through some problems. I'm not going to share my problems with you, but uh, the problems are all with, and God knows our problem. But every work that you do has got problems. We share about good, good things God does to us, but the problems, we don't share it too much. But every work that you do, you have a problem and that you have to solve. And God comes with you to solve these problems as you go through. And we have seen this. And um, in 2000, 2016, Teen Challenge came along. I thank Alan for introducing us to Teen Challenge. We didn't know about Teen Challenge was existing in the world. And we had no idea, but I thank Alan for introducing us to Teen Challenge. And Teen um, Challenge came to Papua New Guinea. They wanted to set up a rehab center in Papua New Guinea. And this is the country that they haven't, they haven't gone to. And um, through Alan, they asked us to go on to Port Mosby, our city and to share what we were doing in the village. It was, uh, I think, three years after we worked with the, I mean, when we had our rehab center, it was about three years ago, uh, before we came to Chin Challenge. So Chin Challenge um, asked us to share, our, share what we were doing in our village. We shared what we were doing in the village, and they said, oh, that clicks because we do the same thing worldwide. And from there, they asked us if we could uh, you know, be partners, and we said yes. We need partners, because we've been working by ourselves for the last three years, and we need partners to work with. So from there, we uh, became partners, and um, from there, we started working. I mean, we worked together until now. So recently, we went to uh, Teen Challenge um, Asia Pacific Conference in Fiji, and um, we had a good time out there. Many people all around the world came, and uh, they were also doing Teen Challenge. Some of them have been with Teen Challenge for a long time, but we've been there with them for just two years or so, and uh, we said some, we had some very good experience uh, sharing with what we have been doing in Papua New Guinea, and we also had a lot of things about Teen Challenge, uh, people doing around the world too. And we learned a lot of things from them too. Okay. Um, <clears throat> after that, uh, they bought us um, portable sawmill. 
And also they bought a land for us. A land to build residence rehab center. So we were just running day rehab center. So in our day rehab, um, we teach them the word of God. We take character lessons to try to help them to be what God wants them to be. And um, some of them are illiterate. They don't know how to read and write. So how could they read the Bible if they don't know how to read? So we teach them. Um, we have a widow in the village who is a, a preschool teacher. So we ask her to come to the center and help teach these people to read and write. So last year we graduated 20 students. Last year in November we graduated 20 students. And um, we also have um, three students who have gone to Bible school. Uh, one graduated before, uh, just before we left for Fiji, one, another one graduated, and another one is still in Bible school. And we also feel that um, some, I mean, some students, when they were going through adult literacy programs, they, they found out that education was important, so some of them are going back to school. Some of them are adults, but they go back to school. Some do extension studies to try to catch up with uh, education. And some found some jobs, and uh, they're becoming, I mean, they and some uh, living. Okay. Um, some of the projects, I mean, one or two projects that we do, we uh, look after honey. Many things will come out in the video that you will see, but um, we look after honey, honeybee. And this is the only source of income that we earn to look after our rehab center. And we also plant um, a sweet potato. Because it's, it's uh, locally grown in Papua New Guinea. So uh, when we found out that we had no money to uh, meet the expenses of our day rehab center, we planted cow-cow. We used our boys. They are very strong boys. So. Cow-cow is sweet potato. Oh, sorry. Sweet potato. <laughs> to... Um, uh, and some money to look after our rehab center. <clears throat> okay, uh, I think that's about all. And um, I'll share a word of share a word of God with you this morning. Uh, it's Psalm 113. <laughs> it's not going to be very long.
Okay, it's um, Psalms 113, verses um, 7, just verse 7 and 8. It reads, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the hash heap. He sits them with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the barren woman in her home and a happy mother of children. Especially with verse 7, it says, He raises the poor from the dust. The poor are the people we regard them as sometimes as nothing. They have nothing, they have no money, they have no food, they have no status, they have no jobs sometimes. Um, I mean, sometimes it's very hard for us to, you know, be with them. We feel that they are, we, we regard them as, as lower than what we are. And he says, he raises the poor from the dust. We know dust, huh? Can you do anything with the dust? Uh, it reads, uh, hash heap. Do, do we have anything uh, useful for the hash heap? Maybe very little, 10%. But we regard some of these people as hash heap. The, the drug addicts the prostitutes, the, the HIV-AIDS victims. So sometimes we regard them as hardships or poor. And sometimes we don't want to go close to them. Sometimes we give them distance. But God doesn't look that way. Every human being in God's eyes are equal. Because he created them in Genesis, men and women, in his own image. So people we see all over the world is God's image. Perfect image. There's nothing wrong with a person. But we are working with some of these people whom people regard as hardship. People regard them as poor. People regard them as violent. People regard them as rapists. People regard them as thieves. People regard them as nothing. In the tribal, in the tribal fights, these people go in the front. They use them. Where the fight is hot, they put them there. So that their life is useless. Whether they die in the fight or come out alive, it's not a big problem to them. They treat it as airship. They treat it as poor. How do we Christians see these people? 
as being people filled with the love of God in us? How do we see them? How do we react to them? I've had some testimonies of how you react to people, your neighbors. It's very good. But how do we do that? How do Christians respond to these people? So it's something that we have been doing in Papua New Guinea to bring hope to these people. And when people are being transformed, we are very, very happy. We are proud. Uh, He said, God will raise them. God raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the hardship. It's God who does it, not anybody else. The Creator does it. We bring hope closer to them so that they can find God. We don't don't force them to follow us. We don't force them to, you must give your life to the Lord. We we never preach uh, repentance to them. But we preach the word of God to them. And they will decide when to repent and come to know the Lord. And uh, we have had some really successful... uh, stories with them, I mean, with our work. And we are so glad and uh, so blessed. We have some almost 20 or 30 students with us and we've seen a lot of changes in their lives. We have seen a lot of uh, transformation too. And um, also we are also seeing the attitude of people in the village being changed through them. Through their changes, is changing the attitude of people for them, yeah. So it's a great work. And we are, we are enjoying what we are doing with these people. Yeah. The police are abusing them. The people in the village are abusing them. They're putting them into jail. Uh, they do all kinds of things to them. But we love them. The biggest thing that they miss in their life is love. They've never been loved by their own parents, by their own people, by their own government, by their own leaders. So love is missing from their lives. And even the children you are we're raising their prayer points this morning, the love is missing in their lives. So we as Christians, we must show love to them. The love of Christ that is in us should be translated to these people. Okay, thank you, True. That's that's all I wish to share with you. Yes, um, you can show the video. And after the video... Uh, if you have any questions, you can ask. Thank you. Do I have to put this off or?
We have a scary situation in Papua New Guinea where thousands of people are affected by various addiction problems, drugs, especially marijuana, consumption of alcohol, homebrew, and smoking. However, marijuana cultivation, consumption, sales, and handling is becoming one of the major social problems affecting ages between 14 to 60 years of age. Though the government, non-government agencies, faith-based organizations have tried their best to contain the fast-growing problem, but due to lack of resources and funding, very little is achieved. Our drug rehabilitation center is concentrating on marijuana addiction only. After realizing the magnitude of the problem affecting especially youths, we stepped out to address this issue. We started a drug rehabilitation center in 2014 to help marijuana addicted people. While analyzing a community data collection, we found out that 60% of the total population of 2,000 people used or handled marijuana. We have a turnover of 150 students passing through our rehabilitation center in the last five years, but only 50 drug users go through the program. Along the way, some students leave the program, but we have more than 20 students who remain with our center. While working with addiction, we have achieved some amazing results where people are being transformed spiritually, mentally, physically and socially. The transformed are going back into the community and actively contributing to the development of the community and the Dewaka province. 17% of students have given their lives to the Lord. Out of this, three students have gone to Bible schools. 17% have found formal, formal employment with regular income. 20% of students go back to school. 70% of students pass out of adult literacy program. 13% of students go into micro-enterprise business. Though we have some very successful stories, we also are faced with some challenges, especially lack of funds to sustain our rehabilitation programs, lack of provincial and national government funding support, and lack of resources, especially library books, tools, furniture, vehicle for mobility. Our achievement is a result of the programs and micro-enterprise activities undertaken by our Drug Rehabilitation Center. Firstly, the programs. The Word of God and character lessons integrated with the Word of God are the main lessons we teach our students. Community Health Evangelism Program. This program is produced by Eden the program focuses on mental, spiritual, physical, and social aspects of a person. Adult Literacy Program. Since 
95% of students are illiterate. We introduce adult literacy program for them to read and write, do basic numerical, social science, health and hygiene. We had our first graduation in November 2018 and so 20 students graduated. Road maintenance program. The students have decided to maintain public road for the community as part of community work to put something back into the community. Secondly, micro-enterprise activities. Sweet potato. This is the first project we started when we realized we had we needed funds to sustain our program. Since we had no funds to start a project, we decided to use our available resources, local sweet potato, which is in abundance. We planted over 50,000 sweet potato mounds. This encouraged our students to work hard to earn a living. Honeybee. In 2014, we started off with three single boxes, and after five years, we have 25 hives, three-story. Eventually, we have gone into honey bottling. We have the best climate in the highlands of Papua New Guinea and producing quality honey. We make around 100% profit from our bee project. Sawmill. We have, we hire our portable sawmill out to the public. This is not only providing income for our rehabilitation center, but also provides skills training opportunity and employment for our students. Broiler chicken. We provide the best source of protein in the village by raising quality meat birds. We have never taken these birds to the local market because people come to our property and purchase them. Way forward. We are planning to have the first residential rehabilitation center in Papua New Guinea. The land was bought and surveyed, timbers milled and bush cleared in preparation for construction. And secondly, we want to do a major fundraising. We intend to do a major fundraising to build a residential rehabilitation center which will cost over 4 million kina, that is 1.4 million US dollars. Due to our ignorance, addiction is growing at an alarming rate. In order to rescue them, not by the barrel of a gun, but by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, His love and mercy. The reason the Son of Man appeared was to destroy the devil's work. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. As citizens of Papua New Guinea, we have to translate the love of Christ to win the hearts of people affected by addiction problem.
thoughts on yeah, you're good. Okay, that's our that's our story. Uh, just towards the end, I said four million. You may think that it's wow, it's a lot of money, but uh, it's it's a total cost of our the whole rehab center. And uh, right now, if you have, as you have seen, we got all the timbers ready. Uh, we got all our boys to go up to the bush. We stopped our classes. We went to the, up to the bush, but almost two kilometers or one and a half kilometers away from the, our center, and we cut timber. Mm. Well, you really won me over because I used to be a lumberjack. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, I have to, oh, I feel like I have to re rebuke you in the law, though, because you're using a Husqvarna, not a steel. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're using steel. Oh, I, yeah. I saw Husqvarna on the video. Well, let's you should edit that out. Yeah, next time I'll edit it out. Just one comment. Peter's four million Kina at today's currency exchange rate is almost exactly two million Australian. Okay. So, so that's for the residential college. That's for the residential. Mm. But we are trying to build a first phase which will cost about uh, about five hundred thousand yeah. Kina. That's uh two hundred and fifty thousand. We want to do our first, mm. we want to start yeah. by next year. Yeah, okay. So when we go back, we'll start to raise funds to yeah. build a first uh, phase. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep us. We are determined. No, it's good. I can see that. But maybe, um, are there any questions? Peter's going to lead us in communion shortly, but are there any questions or anything? Thank you so much for the presentation and the word, just to remind us about the poor, and I think it's something that we really need to hear. Um, but yeah, any questions from the floor? Do you, do you get any funding from the government? Do well, the government help you at all? Well, I'll tell you a story. I submitted, a, I did a submission to the government for 200,000. And they came back and they said, we will give you 250,000. But the 50,000 is ours. You get it? Bribery. Yes. Oh, okay. Personal bribery. Yeah, that's bribery. Mm. So they said, we will give you 200,000, but mm. the 50,000, you must give it back to us. So they'll give a total of 250,000. They want the 50,000 back. Oh, and so it looks on the books like yeah. they gave you 250, that's but right. then 50 went into their pocket. That's right. And I said, sorry, you're dealing with the wrong man. <laughs> Take your money away. I don't need it. We'd like to try and support yeah. you, so I'm sure Alan will keep us updated anyway um, as you go into building that first phase, particularly of the residential college. Yes. Yeah. Um, any other, Marjorie? Just to ask uh, Peter may like to share about the urgent need for a vehicle. Oh, yeah. Because they walk everywhere, wheeling a wheelbarrow to move all the oh, things yeah. up the mountainside. Our big beehives up and down a 4,000 yeah. feet in a wheelbarrow. Yeah, that's right. Have you been bitten much by bees? Oh, yes. <laughs> you see some black spots on my face? Yeah. Oh, on yeah. my hand? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, from in, order, the bees. in order to get the honey, you've got to take a few bites now and again. That's right. It's sweet, but it's bitter too. <laughs> we, spent, we spent all yesterday down at a place at Hagsley, yeah. where they supply the most up-to-date stuff on bees. And talking to the gentleman there, Peter learned a lot during oh, that day. Yeah. That's good. To answer Marjorie's uh, 
Question. Um, we have um, one village is about 10 kilometers away from where we are. Uh, not really 10, maybe seven or so away from us. And our rehab center is um, four kilometers from the highway. So we went, want to do some business. We walk four kilometers down, walk four kilometers back. Wow. We want to see our students on the other side. Yeah. We walk seven, kilo, seven or eight kilometers and come back seven or eight kilometers. That's why we lost a lot of weight. I lost a lot of weight. Now, now I'm getting fat because uh, Marjorie is keeping me updated. Sounds like you need a helicopter. <laughs> yes, I, do. I really do. <laughs> but, um, well, we are enjoying what we are doing, but that, when walking, we are, we are wasting a lot of time. We would have done uh, much more than if we had a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. But that's our problem. We might, Free, did you want to come up and we'll pray for you together before... Um... And the only vehicle worth touching in Papua New Guinea is a Toyota Land Cruiser. Mm. Anything else is a waste of money and time. What about Volkswagen Amarok? No, no way. <laughs> Do you want to come up, Free, and we'll, we'll pray for you and then would you mind leading us in communion? Yep, no yeah, problem. that'd be lovely. Um, so let's bow our heads and we'll pray for... Peter and Frieda and their family and their ministry. Father, thank you for this wonderful work that they're doing. And I know just even seeing the bites and the things that have already been shared, as Peter shared, there's always problems, there's always hardship whenever people are doing your work. It's not just all fun or all glory. It's just hard work at times. And I just pray that you'd really encourage them. I pray, Lord, that the full power of your spirit would come upon them with wisdom insight, discernment, strength, encouragement. I pray for their family as well, for their four sons and their daughter. Oh Lord, that each one would just grow closer to you. I pray for all the people that are in the program and the people that are coming to the program and hearing about the program, that you'd soften their hearts to hear from you, that you'd free and extricate them from the power of the enemy. You'd bring new life to them. I pray for their financial needs. I pray that we might be able to be as generous as we can I pray that you would bring that money they need to build that residential college and a car um, that's suitable for their needs. So thank you that we could hear of their work and we just bless them in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. So, um, Peter, if you would lead us in communion, maybe, Frida, if you could break the bread for us. Yes. Um, that thank would be you. lovely. Thank you. And just pray for us as well for your communion. Uh, the breaking of bread. Uh, the the uh, communion is a special meal for Christians. And uh, I long to share with other Christians during communion time. It's a very important time for us to share with other Christians and to know how Jesus suffered for us. Yeah. It was not with silver or gold or anything like that, but it was through his precious blood, a blood without blemish. He washed us and cleansed us of all our unrighteousness. So for that reason, we want to share the, the meal together. I'll pray. 
Heavenly Father, we would like to thank you and praise you for this special moment that we can come to you and remember what you have done for us on the cross of Calvary. You lost your own blood in order to save mankind from sin, Satan, and death. Lord, we want to thank you and praise you as we take this bread and as we take this wine, we remember the sacrifice you have gone through in order to restore men to God. Lord, we want to thank you and praise you this morning as we partake in this meal. And we thank you for all the brothers and sisters who are here. We can all have fellowship together and share this meal. I just want to thank you and praise you for the time and the privilege that we have to come together like this in one house to share the word of, to share the bread. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.